what we're trying to achieve by getting all of this background information and finding that commonality between you and the person you're reaching out to is giving them a sense of having known you before, of there being some sort of relationship even before knowing each other. This connection is what will set you apart from every other email or message that they receive. This connection will put you a step ahead of everybody else. Hey, I'm Maria Hedian, a former corporate professional turned CEO and fashion career educator. At 15, I decided I was going to be in the fashion industry and set out to find my path, no matter what that took. With zero industry contacts, I worked job after job, some of them completely unpaid, in order to find my way into this exclusive industry. Knowing the hardships of getting into the fashion industry firsthand, I took 20 plus years of personal experiences and turned them into tools to help you turn your passion into confidence and your dreams into reality. Join me each week as we discuss all of your career questions and identify behind-the-scenes industry strategies and techniques. Every episode is designed to help you take immediate action that will take your fashion career to the next level. Together, we will make your fashion career dreams a reality. This is Into the Fashion Industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Fashion Industry Career Podcast. I'm your host, Maria Hedian, and today we're diving into an exciting topic that has the power to completely transform your fashion career, cold outreach. Now, if you're wondering what the heck is cold outreach and why do I need it for my fashion career, keep on listening because that's exactly what we're going to be uncovering in today's episode. But first, I want you to picture this. Imagine having the ability to reach out to industry professionals, influencers, and potential mentors, even if you've never met them before. Now, imagine having the confidence and the skills to establish a meaningful connection and open doors to exciting opportunities. Believe it or not, using cold outreach can get you all of these results and so much more. It's the art of reaching out to industry professionals that you haven't previously interacted with and initiating conversations that could potentially lead to professional relationships. In the fashion industry where connections matter just as much as creativity, mastering cold outreach could be a game changer for your career. Now, in this episode, I'm going to be walking you through the entire process of cold outreach, step by step. I'll start by showing you how to identify the right people to contact, move on to the art of personalization, discuss email, message structure, and formatting best practices, and we'll talk about effective follow-up strategies. By the end of this episode, you will have all the tools that you need to master your networking skills and help you advance your fashion career. We've got a lot to cover here today, but before we get started with the actual lesson, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page about what cold outreach is and why it's so important for your career. Cold outreach is essentially the process of reaching out to people or professionals that you've never talked to or interacted with before. The cold part means that you're initiating contact with someone that you've never had any previous relationship or communication with before. In the fashion industry, connections are the currency of success. Whether you're looking to land your dream job, secure an internship, or work with someone you look up to as a mentor, who you know matters. Sometimes, the people that can make a significant difference in your career are not necessarily the people that you're closely connected to. 
Cold Outreach allows you to expand your network beyond your direct connections and reach out to those who have the knowledge, the experience, and the insights that you're seeking. It's a really powerful tool for building relationships with industry professionals who can help you navigate the complex world of fashion. But here's the thing. Cold Outreach isn't just about firing off all of these generic emails or messages to random people. It's actually a really strategic process that requires careful planning and execution. It's about making a memorable first impression, demonstrating your value, and nurturing all of these new connections over time. When done right, networking and cold outreach are your keys to success in the industry. Now, throughout this episode, I'm going to break down the cold outreach process into actionable steps so that it doesn't seem quite so difficult, starting with how to identify the right people to contact. These are the industry professionals who can provide you with valuable insights, guidance, and opportunities. Now, if you're new here or you're jumping around episodes, I went over this particular point in last week's episode in more detail. So you may want to head over there first or wait till after this episode to learn about the five types of connections that can greatly help you in your career in this industry. But for now, let's answer this question. How do you know who the right people are? It all begins with clarity. Now, before you start reaching out to anyone, you need to have a clear understanding of your goals and what you hope to achieve through cold outreach. I want you to think about your fashion career as a puzzle with lots of pieces, each representing a unique opportunity or a milestone. These pieces can include things like securing internships, landing your first job, or even something like creating a strong professional network. Take some time to really think about what people could potentially help you complete this puzzle. This could be experienced professionals, industry experts, or even potential mentors. These are the people that have the knowledge and the insights that you need to put the puzzle together successfully. And cold outreach is that link, that invisible bridge that will 100% help make this happen. Now, the million dollar question, how do you identify these professionals? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Step number one, define your career goals. What are your specific objectives or things that you want to achieve in your career? Now, if you have an exact clear answer on this, if you can say, you know, Maria, I have always dreamt of being a fashion designer or a fashion show producer, that's amazing. But for those of you that might not have a clear understanding or idea of what it is that you're looking to do in the industry, you just know that you love it and you love being a part of it, that's okay too. The idea here is that you want to have some sort of first step involved in creating these goals. So whether that means that you're going to be super specific and intentional about the role that you're looking for, or you have a general idea of what you like or what interests you and what you would potentially want to do in the industry, that's going to be your step one. It's totally okay not to know 100%. And also remember, regardless of whether you have a set goal or just an idea, These things can also change. None of this is set in stone. From there, you're going to take this goal, regardless of whether it's long-term or short-term, and you're going to divide it into smaller, more actionable steps that you can take right now. Some examples of this can include taking online or digital courses, or even honing in and perfecting certain skills that you know are going to be necessary to achieve your goals. Okay, so now that you've figured out your first step, you have an idea of what you're working towards, what your goal is, what your objective in this industry is, at least for now and for the time being. We've got our step one. 
From here, we're going to talk about the types of connections that can help. We're really going to look into and break down each and every one of them. These connections have very specific categories that they can each be placed within. And I'm going to go through each of them now so that you have a better understanding of what they are and how they can help you in your career journey. First up, we have seasoned guides and experts. These are experienced professionals that have already done what you're looking to do. They've already walked on the path that you're just starting on. They could potentially offer valuable insights, guidance, and personal experience and advice that can help you understand and navigate all of the different challenges that come with being a part of this industry, especially when you're first starting out. The next group of connections on this list are peer collaborators. This is just a fancy way of saying people that are your colleagues, your fellow students and classmates, your peers, people that are at the same experience level and maybe even the same journey as you. Connecting with your peers, it gives you the opportunity to have someone in your corner that understands what you're going through. You get to share experiences, share knowledge, and most importantly, it really helps with mental health because it helps the journey of starting a career in this industry a little less lonely. The next group are industry trendsetters. Just like their name suggests, these individuals are well-informed about the latest trends and opportunities, and they may even be influential people within the fashion industry. They're the ones that could introduce you to potential key players that could open doors and opportunities for your career. From there, you have hiring managers and HR teams, but I like to see them as opportunity openers. These connections are instrumental when you're first starting out trying to get a freelance, full-time, or even internship opportunity role. They hold the key to entry-level positions in the industry and could even help you get started as you get closer to achieving your goals. And the last one is networks and communities. Now, I know this one might seem a little surprising to some of you, but I am here to tell you, do not overlook the power of specialized organizations, associations, and even groups within the fashion industry. These communities are known to offer exclusive access, especially to beginning students, recent grads, into their resources, insider knowledge, and even events that could really help you as you go forward in your career. With a clear understanding of your goals and the types of connections that you need, you, my friend, are now equipped to embark on your cold outreach journey with purpose, direction, and above all, strategy. So now that you've established your career goals, you understand the different types of connections, the next step in your approach and on this journey of cold outreaching is tailoring your approach to each individual and establishing a common ground that links you and your potential connection. Think of this part as putting together a look for a special occasion. Each individual piece that you selected for this specific look was thoughtfully chosen to represent and to showcase your personality and your style. And that's exactly the mentality that you should have when you're creating your cold outreach. Let's go over some key steps that you need to keep in mind to create the most effective outreach no matter who you're contacting. The first tip, and maybe the most important one, Before you do any sort of cold outreach, you want to make sure that you're learning about the person that you're trying to contact. What do they specialize in? What projects have they worked on? What are their interests, their hobbies, or causes that they're passionate about? By gathering all of this information, you will have so much more information that you'll be able to put into their message that's going to make it seem more personalized, more sincere, and most importantly, that's going to build a connection with that person. 
As you're conducting this research, look for areas of commonality. What I mean is, how can you form a connection with this person before you even get a chance to talk to them? Maybe you both went to the same school. Maybe you both worked at the same company. Or maybe you both have similar interests within the fashion industry. Identifying a common ground establishes a connection and it makes your outreach that much more powerful. By human nature, when we first meet someone, when we first talk to someone, we automatically feel more connected to that person if we have something that bridges us together. Think about it, and it doesn't just have to be professional, it can be in your personal life. When you're meeting someone for the first time and you learn that you both have a mutual friend or maybe went to the same school, don't you automatically feel like there is a stronger bond, a stronger connection to this person that you virtually just met? When you're in person, this translates to a smoother conversation, a much easier way to connect. But online, this translates to the person opening your email, reading the entire thing, and it increases your chances of getting a response. What we're trying to achieve by getting all of this background information and finding that commonality between you and the person you're reaching out to is giving them a sense of having known you before, of there being some sort of relationship even before knowing each other. This connection is what will set you apart from every other email or message that they receive. This connection will put you a step ahead of everybody else. Now, it is important to mention that you may not always have some sort of connection to the person you're reaching out to. Ideally, in a perfect world, there is always going to be someone who knows someone who will connect us or something that brings us closer to this person. But in the real world, that's not always the case. And that's okay, too. If you've done your research and you can't find a quote unquote connection with this person, that's okay, too. You want to start this email by mentioning accomplishments that this person has done and most importantly, giving them a sense of understanding why it's so important that you and that person be connected. What can you bring to this relationship? From there, you're going to explain why it is that you're reaching out to them in the first place. How do your goals align with their experience and their expertise? This is where you quickly break down why your connection could be mutually beneficial. Now, I bet you thought I forgot all about one of the most important parts of this email, the subject line, but you're wrong. I actually like to write out my entire email first, then go back and create a subject line that goes along with whatever it is I wrote inside the body of that email. Kind of like putting the perfect title once the book is written, you know? The trick to writing a powerful subject line is this. You want to make sure that you're clear, you're direct, and you provide as much detail as possible in about 10 words or less. Now, if possible, this is where you can also add in some information from your research that will help you stand out. Make it seem natural, organic. Don't make it seem like you're just stuffing in keywords. But if you can put it in there, it's going to increase the chances and the probability of your email being opened. At the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you are transparent in what the subject of the email is, what they're going to be reading. Because the more vague that you are, the more spammy your email is going to seem. Now, regardless of the outcome, whether they read this, whether they respond or not, it's important to always express gratitude for their time, for their consideration. Not everyone's going to write back, but if you are gracious, if you are thankful and appreciative of their time, they're going to notice that. On the flip side, if you're not these things, there's a high probability they'll remember that too. If you don't hear back after writing that initial email, 
it is perfectly okay to reach out after about a week or so and follow up. In this follow-up message, politely reiterate your interest in connecting with them and make sure that you keep them updated just in case any new developments, accomplishments, or anything new has happened since the last time you reached out. Personalizing your cold outreach messages is like setting yourself up for the right path to success on your networking journey. This shows that you've invested time and effort into understanding the person that you're reaching out to, which does exactly what we need it to do. It increases the likelihood of a positive response. Now, I know that this seems like there's so many steps and so many rules when reaching out, but the ultimate goal of all of this is to be able to get you more connections, more opportunities that will help you grow your fashion career and help you get closer to your career goals. There are rules to this. There are strategies behind this, but ultimately all of this is to help you succeed. By personalizing each and every message that you send out and finding common ground with the person you're reaching out to, you're not just making a strong first impression. You're laying the foundation for an actual professional relationship and a mutually beneficial connection. Now, when it comes to email or message structure and formatting, these are some of the best practices that I want you to keep in mind and use every single time. If you're multitasking, if you're doing something else while listening to this podcast, come back to me for just a minute. This part, this part's really important. We're going to start right at the top. First off, avoid using informal language in your salutation, meaning you don't want to say, hey, what's up? You don't want to sound like you're talking to a friend when you're reaching out to someone for the very first time. You're making your first impression on this person. They are a professional and this is a professional setting. So saying something like, hi, Nicole. Hello, Kim. These are perfectly fine. I also want you to remember that sometimes when writing emails, the tones are tricky. You have to just make sure it's going to read okay. A lot of people will tell you, especially in the corporate world, that when you are writing a message, it is important to put a hi or a hello before someone's name because putting someone's name by itself comes off as hostile. I didn't make the rules. I am just sharing the information. Next, you want to start your message with an intriguing and relevant first sentence. This could be a reference to your shared interests, a compliment on their work, or a brief explanation of why you're reaching out. Keep your messages concise and to the point. Avoid long paragraphs or including too much information that might overwhelm or even bore the reader. Your goal with these outreach emails and messages is to keep them engaged, to make sure that they're interested in what you have to say, they want to meet you, they want to take the next step. So make sure that you are saying just enough to keep them where you need them to be without them losing interest. One of the best ways of doing this is by explaining the value of what you can bring to the table. How can connecting with you benefit them, them as a person, or even them as a company? Highlight your skills and your experiences that are relevant to their interests. End your message with a clear call to action. What do you want the reader to do next? It can be setting up a call, meeting for a coffee, or something as simple as replying to your message. You need to make it as easy as possible for them to take the next step. Now, I'm not making this up. This is actually proven by science. There are studies on this. You can look it up if you don't believe me. Scientifically speaking, if you give a person options rather than keeping something open-ended at the end of a message, you are 10 times more likely to have them respond back by selecting one of the options that you provided versus just saying, let's circle back. Let me know what works best for you. Keeping it open-ended. 
So what I mean is in your message, you want to provide two to three different dates and times that are specific. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, Monday at 2.30. It can say Monday from 2.30 to 4.30. They can be windows of time. Provide two or three of these. And then you can say, but if none of these times work, let me know your availability and we can plan accordingly. Now, this next one's important and it's something that I don't see a lot of you do. You need to start including a professional email signature at the bottom of your emails that includes your full name, contact information, and any relevant links to your social media, portfolio, website, or anything that shows off your work. This makes it easier for the reader to find out more about you. This is the first opportunity that you get with this person to promote your work, to show off what you've done, and to bring them into your world. If you don't have an online portfolio or a website just yet, it's 100% okay to link to your social media. The important thing is that you link out to something that gives them more information about you, about your work, your projects, or even just your interest in the industry after reading your email. Now, before hitting send, I have one final tip for you. Thoroughly proofread your messages for typos, grammatical errors, or even formatting issues. A well-written message shows professionalism and most of all, attention to detail. This one's huge. It's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. If you have a way to write an email, then you have a computer or some sort of device that will proofread your work. There's absolutely no reason to not use spell check before hitting send. By following these email best practices and structure formatting, you're going to create messages that are not only really professional, but they're also really effective at initiating and nurturing professional connections within the industry. I want you to think of these messages as a key that unlocks opportunities on your path to achieving your career goals. Now, the final thing that I want to discuss with you when it comes to cold outreach are follow-ups. Why are they so important and how do you send them without sounding rude or spammy? For this part of the episode, it's important that you reframe your thoughts about follow-up emails and your overall feelings about them. Most of us don't want to seem overly eager or desperate or simply just don't want to show up on their inbox again. But instead, if you reframe the way you think and you see them as gentle reminders that nudge your potential connection back into the conversation, you'll start to feel more confident about sending them. Sometimes busy professionals may overlook your email or forget to respond. And that, my friend, is where your well-crafted follow-up email comes into play. Now, here are my top tips for following up effectively when you're doing cold outreach. First, make sure that you're giving the recipient enough time before sending any follow-up messages. A common rule of thumb is to wait about a week. In your follow-up email, kindly remind them of your previous message. Mention the date and the subject of your initial outreach. Emphasize the potential value that you can bring to them or the potential benefits of connecting with you. Remind them why it's worth their time to engage. Maintain a polite and respectful tone throughout your entire message in the follow-up. This especially means avoid sounding pushy or impatient and express gratitude for any consideration that they provide. You'll also want to make sure that you keep your follow-up message concise and focused and end your follow-up with a clear call to action, just like your initial message. Politely ask for a response or suggest the next step like scheduling a meeting or even a call. 
And finally, know when to move on. Not every cold email or cold message is going to result in a connection or even a response, and that's 100% okay. So my usual rule of thumb is send a follow-up, wait about a week, and if you don't hear anything back after that, just move on. Some people may reach out to you weeks or even months after you sent your first cold email to them, while others may never get back to you. So it all really depends on how much time you want to invest into each person that you reach out to. But my recommendation is that you send one to two emails tops and then just continue on with your outreach to other people. Now I've got one final tip as it relates to cold emails, outreach, and follow-up. There have been so many AI tools that have surfaced in the last few months. I think it's safe to say that you would need to be living under a rock to not have heard about at least one of them, in particular, ChatGPT. Now there's nothing wrong with using these tools as an aid to create the emails that we just talked about in this episode. But what I really wanna point out is that you should be using these platforms as a career assistant and not as your actual voice. Now, I'm happy to create an entire episode around prompts and how to use this properly. Using these platforms, using ChatGPT is actually one of my favorite things to do because you really can get it to work in your favor. But the biggest, most important thing to take away from this is that people will see right through you if you use them to just write in your voice. The things that make you who you are, your experience, can only be written by you. No machine, no computer, no AI will ever replace your personal experience. Just because an AI machine wrote it doesn't increase your chances that the person reading this will respond. Okay, that was a very loaded lesson, but one that's so important for your career. To help you out, let's do a quick recap of the key points in this episode. You learned about the importance of cold outreach, how to identify and research the key people to contact, and the art of crafting engaging messages. We also talked about email structure, formatting, and top tips for grammar. And finally, we explored the world of follow-up emails and messages and strategies to make them more effective and have a higher success rate of getting a response. I want you to remember that cold outreach is not just about sending messages. It's about the potential for career transformation. The connections that you can make through effective cold outreach can be the stepping stone for a new opportunity, a mentorship, or even the job that will start your dream career in this industry. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of the Into the Fashion Industry Career Podcast. I hope this episode has given you the tools and the actionable strategies that you can take right now to create engaging cold outreach emails and messages that will propel your career forward. All right, my friend, if you found this episode helpful, or if you know someone who could benefit from learning about and understanding cold outreach and the benefits it can have on your career, please feel free to share this episode with them. And if you learned from and enjoyed today's episode, I would be eternally grateful if you could leave a quick review to help even more fashion professionals find this podcast. Keep crafting those personalized messages, sending those follow-ups, and building connections that will transform your fashion career. Remember, your next career-changing connection may just be a message away. I'll be back here next week with even more content to help you on your fashion career journey same time, same place. Bye for now.